Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Blake Topmeyer is the SEC columnist for the USA Today Sports Network. You can follow him on Twitter on X at BTopmeyer. SEC Football Unfiltered is his podcast. Available each and every week. You know where to get your podcast. Blake. How am I alone in this? Like, when I hear the debate of, are they going to 14? Are they going to 16? I don't know why. I cannot bring myself to get emotionally invested. Like, I, I just, I think instinctively, I think that this is a lot of negotiating and posturing. And it's almost like, wake me up when a decision's made. Because I just don't, I don't buy into all this right now. Uh, I'm certainly jaded by it. I, I do think it's possible that the playoff will go from 12 to 14 uh, at some point in the next few years. But like you, uh, that's not the that's the that's not the one I totally get worked up over. And I, I, if that were to happen, I don't think it's really wholly surprising uh, either. The one uh, I'm, I'm sure you read I, I wrote recently. Uh, the one that works me up is this idea that March Madness needs to expand beyond 68 so teams. Dumb. Like the, the the only people who believe in that idea are like the handful of Power Five commissioners who would benefit. Like fans don't think it needs to expand. I don't think athletes think it needs to expand. I'm not even convinced coaches think it needs to expand. Uh, I think if you're a perpetual bubble coach, you're probably in favor. But I mean, the problem is, the problem is the reasoning behind it. Like they won't come out and say it, but it's like we want to cut out more mid-majors. We don't want mid-majors. We don't think we can get away with doing it by changing the way that we select teams. So the only way we're going to get bigger brands in is put more, you know, put more teams in. That's the only way we can get away. It's like, it's like a workaround. I think that's what makes it just so, that's right. Just so disgusting. Yeah. You're not going to be able to probably reduce the number of mid-majors, but you can reduce their percentage of the field. And, And how do you do that? You increase the field and, and lo and behold, nearly all the extra bids, will go to the Power Four teams. And, imagine that. And yeah, imagine that. You're going to get the 10th best team from the Big 12 that's, you know, 18 and 15, you know, qualifying for an Yeah, but did you see that strength of schedule? Day. Right, exactly. And so that's the one that, you know, getting back to your original question, that's the one that works me up. Um, if they go from 12 to 14, I don't think it's necessary. I think, you know, at some point, I think the playoffs going to expand to the degree that the regular season in college football will matter less. Um, I think the bigger postseason is going to be a better postseason, so that's the trade-off. Um, and I think there will be a stopping point. I think 16 is is probably the eventual stopping point. I don't love it. I would rather see 12. Um, if not 12, I'd rather see 14. Um, however, as you said, I, I don't get as fired up about this one uh, as, as I would about the, the basketball front. I think the problem that I have with it is 14 to me, smells a lot like the four-team playoff. 
where it's like, well, this doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like, what is, you know, so we can get like a double buy in there. It just feels like it's, it feels like the product of someone, like, uh, it's like what you get when you put too many people in a room and they come up with a plan. It's like 14 doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, it, this is, if it's going to 16 anyway, it's like, just go ahead and do it. Like, don't do this gradual thing where it, it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Well, I, I, I guess my devil's advocate here, the one reason I like 14 better than 16 is it preserves some value for at least a couple conference championship games. Uh, if, if we're going to still have conference championship games, I think they have to mean something. Uh, and in the current 12-team format and in a 14-team format, you could have buys for your top conference champions. If you go to a 16-team playoff with no buys, I think one of my biggest things I wouldn't like about that is, you know, let's say your SEC championship. I'm sure they're not going to get rid of that because it makes money. So they're going to keep playing it. But if you have a 16-team playoff with no buys, really – your SEC championship doesn't really mean anything. Your Big Ten championship doesn't mean anything. I mean, it affects seeding a, a little bit, I guess, but you're not getting a buy out of the deal. Uh, and frankly, I think you would probably have a bigger advantage just by sitting at home that weekend, by getting an at-large bid as the third-best team in the SEC and you get an extra week of rest because there's no buy on the line anymore anyway. Um, so, you know, that's not at stake anymore. I think I'd rather have the extra week of rest and be the third best team from the SEC and, and sit at home. So, you know, I, I mean, again, it's not a hill I'm going to die on, I suppose, but that is why uh, I do like, you know, I, I favor 12 or 14 versus the 16. Well, I think I favor, tw- I, I'm, I kind of favor 12 overall because the more teams that you start putting in, the the more worse teams you're going to start putting in. You know what I mean? Like, it, Correct. And so, yeah. so, like, the argument against a 16-team playoff is I don't really need to see one versus 16. I'm pretty confident <laughs> yeah. I know how that's going to go. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I now I do think five versus 12. Even you know, even assuming it's most most years going to be whatever the G5 whatever the G5 ends up being. Like, well, let's be real; it's only for two years, so you know w- you could wind up getting the Oregon Liberty game again. But I think. The 12th best team has a much better shot against number five than they clearly do against number one. So I, I, I'm fine with it that way. I think the problem is inevitably for me, it just feels like there's we're just on this constant search for more money. It's like, well, the only proven way to get more money is to have more games. And so it just feels like we're going to 16. So I'm just like, just get it over with. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I just I, I can't get excited about it. I'm not an, an outrage about it because it, it does almost feel inevitable. But um, yeah, twelve to me, it, it was a perfect solution. Like the, the fourteen playoff, it, it quickly went stale. Um, I'm not convinced it was much of an improvement over the over the BCS. Uh, hey man, I'll die on the hill. The BCS worked. Yeah, I, 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 you could you could win me over pretty easily that the BCS was better than the four team playoff. Now I think the twelve team playoff will be better than, than either. Agreed. Um, I love that it provides a seat at the table for the for the G five. Um, I like that the that there's a mix of automatic qualifiers with at large. The conference championship games um, will still matter in, in all the power conferences. Plus, they'll matter uh, to the group of five to the degree that there's a bid on the line. Um, I, I really just thought it was this, this perfect solution that there was so much debate and, and finally some compromise to get. Um, and it's like, really, are we going to pivot away from this so quickly? But, but that would be you know, kind of a sign of the times 
right? Um, I hope it doesn't come to that. You know, maybe maybe this is all bluster and leverage just so the SEC and the Big Ten, maybe what they really want is is the revenue distribution um, to significantly favor them in a 12-team playoff, and, and they threaten to expand it and gobble up even more of the bids uh, just so they can get the, the revenue, revenue distribution that they want. I don't think so. I, I think the SEC and the Big Ten actually would like to see the playoff probably further expand so they can get even more of their teams into the fold. But, um, yeah, all this uh, hand-wringing that it took to get to 12 teams, and I, I think most of us would agree this is a really, really good format. Uh, it's the best postseason format college football has ever had, I think. <laughs> and wouldn't it be so fitting if it only lasts for two years? Yeah, because I, I really struggle. It's like if you say the postseason as a whole, it feels like bowl games are going to be even less important, right? Unless your bowl game is in the playoff. But it does feel like it is far and away the best playoff scenario, like the best playoff setup. Like I, I'm totally there. Like if you go, I don't know if you've seen. Have you seen that calendar that ESPN promotionally put out? Super wild card weekend. Like there's going to be one weekend where we go like. Thursday's a college football playoff game. Friday's a college football playoff game. Saturday's NFL playoffs. Sunday's NFL playoffs. Monday's NFL playoffs. Then, like, you turn into divisional weekend, and then that's bookended with the championship game. Like, that's a pretty solid. Like, there's like a three week stretch of pretty good football, like, pretty meaningful football. Yeah. And, and that's the other problem you run into, I think, is you continue to expand it, you know, from a college front. And, and others have raised this point, too, that you, you start to run out. Um, you know, the more games you add, uh, you're kind of getting to the point where you're almost going to have to go up against the NFL in, a, in some time slot, or you're going to have games competing against each other in the same time slot. Um, and, you know, that becomes problematic, too. Uh, to your point on the bowl games, um, I, I guess I'm to the point where, like, those bowl games have already been watered down by the existence of, of the 14 playoff and the opt-outs. Like, I'm, I'm for anything um, that I guess uh, – you know, cuts it down. Yeah. Yeah. It, it tamps that down. And, and, um, you know, I look at it now and it's like, if you're not betting or if you're not just, um, a college football junkie, you're probably watching like somewhere between eight and 10 postseason games anyway. Like, you know, if your team's not in the game and you're not a gambling junkie, you're not watching the Duke's Mayo bowl as it is now. Um, and so I do think, you know, the bigger playoff, uh, it, it increases the overall engagement, but I do agree that if, if you're a bowl game that's not in the playoff, uh, you become nearly irrelevant, but I think that's sort of the sacrifice for the 12-teamer. Yeah, even as a degenerate gambler, like I'm trying, as you were talking about that, I was trying to think of how many bowl games were even memorable. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, and and I, I watched, I think, just about all of them. The what was the cure bowl was memorable because it was that monsoon. It was that disgusting app state uh, Lafayette game where no one, or I'm sorry, it's Jacksonville state, the Jacksonville state app state game where like, there was like 15 fumbles, but that was memorable only from the sense that, you know, it, it was weather induced. It wasn't like the game itself. Like the, you know, the Alabama, like in the, non, I'm trying to think in the non-playoff division. It's like, I can't even really remember how many were like even that good. Yeah, and even the New Year's Six this year, like sometimes we get a really, really good one. Um, oh, Clemson, Kentucky, that was a good football. That was a fun watch. Yeah, Clemson, Clemson, Kentucky was a was a good one outside the outside the New Year's Six. Inside the New Year's Six, I mean, Oregon Liberty was a was a blowout. Um, Ohio State, Missouri was watered down by the number of Ohio State uh, opt outs. 
Um, yeah, LSU, LSU uh, Wisconsin because LSU even in a bowl yeah. game, even against Wisconsin, LSU still played the same game they played the entire year. Yeah, that was a good one, and I like these bowls where um, you know if you're going to have opt outs, you get a glimpse of the future. Yeah. I thought that's what LSU yeah, gave us with like, oh, oh, Garrett Nussmeyer, he could be the quarterback of the future for LSU. So we're getting a look at him now. What I don't like are are, the, are when you have the opt outs resulting in some backup quarterback trotting out there who you know is not going to be the starter next year. He's just kind of holding down the fort until the transfer arrives or the five-star freshman arrives. But, yeah, in the case of LSU... By the way, you just described the quick lane bowl, and that entire broadcast was the guy's girlfriend. It was the. It was like the, He was like a fourth-teamer. Alert, alert Britt Musburger. Like, he was in the... Yeah, exactly. He was in the... I don't even think he was in the transfer portal. I think he was, like, in the... I'm going pro in something other than sports. And then everyone else went in the portal and Minnesota like had to like say, Hey, seriously, can you like literally just come take the snaps and hand it off in this game? And literally all they did was just focus on his girlfriend. Maybe his fiance. I think, I think it was fiance. And that's all that, that was 90% of the broadcast. Yeah. Those are the ones that are, that are tough to, uh, tough to get through. But I do, I do like when it's sort of this handoff. Yeah. Um, and, and we saw that in Tennessee's bowl game, right? They, yeah. they had the handoff from Joe Milton to Nico. Uh, that was an opt-out that I think like um, you know, everyone was in favor of with themselves. Yeah, they, they were cheering for the opt-out. Never has, has an opt-out been so celebrated as the day that Joe Milton announced he was, he was opting out. So there are certain occasions where it works. And I think that's what these, these bowl games that are outside the playoff almost have to become if they're going to stay relevant at all. It's like they almost become the exhibition game to start the next season, whereas before they were a coronation of the season that was. Yeah. If you're not part of the playoff anymore, um, you're, you're an exhibition for the season ahead. What I'm more concerned about, whether it's 12 teams, 14 teams, or 16 teams, is at what point do opt-outs start to affect the college football playoff? We, we didn't really see that in the four-team playoff, but when, when you go from 12, or excuse me, from two rounds to four rounds, and when you stretch the calendar, you know, an extra two weeks deeper into January, um, I don't think it's going to come immediately, and I don't think it's going to come in mass, but I do think we're, we're sort of playing with fire here uh, with, the, with the possibility of opt-outs occurring in the college football playoff, which um, would be a real shame. It doesn't bother me so much in the bowl games. I get it's a business move. I totally understand it. But if we start having opt-outs in the college football playoff, it, it really is um, going to make you wonder just how relevant is this. Well, I mean, to your point, eventually someone's going to do the math of, hey, man, I'm not getting paid per game. You've already paid me. Like, I, there's, why would I do this? You, you know what I mean? Like, eventually mm-hmm. someone's going to do that math. And, that, and that's kind of the thing that we saw with opt-outs. You know, I hate when people act like the slippery slope thing isn't a real deal. Like, we see it's human nature when when somebody when somebody has to take the heat and does it once like that person makes it a lot easier for more and more people to do it and you know here we are like it's just a norm now it's almost it's honestly like when you hear when you hear somebody that's playing in a bowl game you're like what's he doing like, you know what I mean like that's that's how much it's flipped like I would think about like when Matt Corral played in the the Sugar Bowl now he ended up like getting banged up and they sat him but it's like. With the fact that he was actually playing in that game, you're like, whoa, what's he doing? Right. Yeah, that became the became the news. Um, and, and it's like, I remember when the opt-outs first started, there was this idea, um, which is really kind of stupid that anybody believed this, but this, there was this idea that NFL teams were going to hold players accountable that opted out. Doesn't want to compete. As like, 
yeah, you're, you're not a team player. You're not a locker room guy. You're, your draft stock's going to suffer. And then Leonard Fournette, who opted out, became a top 10 NFL draft pick. It's like, oh, yeah, that doesn't happen because the NFL is a business and they don't really care if you opt out. Uh, they just want you on their on their roster. Um, so, you know, it would take something like that, which I don't think the NFL uh, is is going to do. Or, or, you know, we might also be underestimating the athlete's competitive drive here. Like if there's a championship on the line, a national championship, I, I do think that is a much more powerful motivator than hoisting a jar of mayonnaise at the end of the Mayo Bowl, right? I mean, I, I, I'm not saying we're not going to see opt-outs because I think we are, but I do think in, in the athlete circles, even amongst themselves, this can be a lot more controversial to say, I got a chance to win in a, a national title, but no, I'm going to head out to Tempe to train for the NFL draft. You're going to see guys do it. But uh, I don't know. I, I, there's obviously a lot more on the line when, when there's a national championship at the end of it. I think that's true. But I do also think, like, I see it. My dad, my dad coaches, like, high-level competitive baseball still. And, man, I can just tell you, it is just such a different world. Like, everyone is, like, you know, it's not uncommon to play for, like, three different teams during a summer. And, like, I just think, like, I think what we're seeing is, like, it is becoming a much more – individualistic enterprise than it ever has before. There's going to be team guys, but like, I just think, I just think this is kind of the world that we're going in. It's like, until they start having to be contractually obligated, like I believe like in the NFL, if you didn't, if they weren't contractually obligated to play, like, I think you'd see plenty of guys that wouldn't play all 18 games. Yeah. And even if you're contractually obligated, like still, whatever final financial penalty you may endure by opting out of the college football playoffs, like uh, it's still not as great as the financial risk you would probably endure if you, you know, blow out your knee and tumble four rounds in the NFL draft. Like, um, you know, I just, and and that's the the obvious thing, right? Is like, we we keep hearing like, Oh, there's gotta be some sort of postseason financial incentive for guys to play. It's a great idea. And there are some things you can do on that front. I think, um, but like, you know, NIL deals that you only get if you play in the postseason. but I just, it's going to be really hard for the finances of those deals to add up to what, what you're risking by playing. And so, yeah, for some guys, if it's like, it's not worth the, the risk, it's a bad business move. Yeah. I, I think we're, uh, unfortunately going, going to see it to, to a certain degree. I, again, I don't think it's going to be. Uh, in the quantities that it's come to be for the non-playoff bowl games. But I think we're going to see it. We're wrapping up here with Blake Topmeyer, USA Today SEC columnist. You, of course, follow him on Twitter, at BTopmeyer. What do you make of uh, Pope Saban the first? Uh, you're talking about his ESPN article? Yeah, I mean, it, I do think he's, to a certain degree, he's right. It's like some things that I would say would come off as self-serving. It's like, yeah, I've also been in the camp. I think you and I talked about this, like, we didn't feel like Saban batted a thousand when he would lecture us, but he batted about seven fifty. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was, it was enough to where when he would speak, it's like, all right, I, I'm going to hear what he has to say. Yeah, my problem with this latest round though is like I didn't hear a lot of solutions. I saw a lot no. of like <laughs> I, you heard. A, I'm not a lawyer. You heard a lot yeah. of that. Yeah, not a lot of great solutions. A lot of complaining. It came across a lot of like seventy two year old man shaking his fist at the sky and longing for the good old days. And I'm not saying that some aspects of the good old days weren't better, but you can shake your fist at the sky all day. They're not, 
they're not coming back. Um, and like, uh, Satan's got some wisdom and that's undeniable, but th- this, this push from a lot of people in my position, uh, our position in, in the media that, that are wanting to anoint him as some sort of college football commissioner, um, like only in a country where we're trying to uh, elect an 80-year-old president uh, would we think that someone who's turning 73 this year yeah. would be the right the right guy for hey, the modern day. We're getting Ronald younger. Space and college sports. Yeah, like I, I don't think I don't think Saban would make a very good college football commissioner. He's he's got some wisdom, but he's coming at it from a coach perspective. Like he, he's like the the voice of the coaches, and and in the new world order here. Um, some fans like this, some fans don't, but the reality is the players have a seat at the table. The players have more power than they ever had. The players have a voice. So Saban is the voice of the coaches, and it used to be coaches were the dictators. They ran the show. No one could, could overthrow their authority. It's not the way it is anymore, and so I don't know that his perspective is as useful as it used to be just because the situation has changed around him. Coaches don't have the power they used to, and – I just still think that he's kind of failed to recognize that. He, he says he's for the athlete, and I think he means that. But a lot of the solutions that he sort of hints at, they don't always sound very good. They, they very rarely sound good for the athletes. It's like, it's like the guy that tells you, oh, I'm on a diet while he's shoveling in pizza and beer. You know, Saban keeps telling us, I'm for the it's, athletes. It was, listen, it was a cheat but day. He, but he's not doing anything for the athletes. He doesn't want anything good to happen for the athletes. It's all about how it can make the coaches lives better. He, he, he really would be a better president for the coaches association than he would be as a commissioner for college football. No, it's like the thing, the thing that pops in my mind when you say it's like, yeah, he sounds like a really good candidate to be a consultant. Like you're not having him run yeah. the operation, but right. a consultant. I said that was yeah, the last he thing. Be the, he would be the lobbyist for the coaches, yeah. right? Yeah, it's absolutely. Like, you know, each, each side sends their lobbyist to the table, um, their spokesperson to the table. Saban would be a great voice for the coaches. He would not be a good voice for the entire ecosystem. All right, I said that was the last thing, but we got breaking news. Mark, who was it? Was it Adam Sparks? Your old colleague, I think, Sparks has the breaking news that Tennessee has been granted their injunction. Is there a big take other than, okay, like back to business? Well, yeah, I think the big take is that's pretty well curtains for the NCAA. Um, The NCAA's best hope was that Tennessee was going to lose the injunction and they would become then emboldened in their uh, in their investigation, but I, I I stepped away from my computer. You're saying Tennessee won the yes. injunction. Correct? They they won yeah. the injunction, so that is, they got the that is curtains for the NCAA yeah. investigation. In my mind doesn't mean you can't continue with the investigation, but it looks really petty. Um, it makes it really hard to impose any meaningful sanctions. Like sure, you can that injunction doesn't like put up a a, a cop at the campus gates and and say, Hey, you NCA suit, you can't step foot onto this campus. Like, yeah, they can go play a toy investigator if they want and still sniff around. But um, what's really going to come of this? Like this, this injunction says nothing meaningful uh, in terms of NCA sanctions, uh, in my opinion, can come of this in light of this injunction. I can't believe they didn't win in court. All right, buddy, have a great weekend. (laughs) Yeah, sounds good, thanks. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.